God's design for marriage is found in Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said, at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Welcome to By Design from American Family Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome to By Design. I am Abraham Hamilton III, and I am joined by my lovely bride, Maria Hamilton. Hey, hey, everyone. And you are listening to By Design, which we have commandeered once again to turn into the Hamilton's corner. And we are going to talk today about a principle that is articulated for us in Scripture. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22 is the verse that we're going to focus on. And the word of God says this. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I'll read it again. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I want to share a little bit about the scripture. And we're also going to share a bit of our personal testimonies, how the Lord uh, brought us together. But a couple things I want to say right off the bat from the scripture. First, it says he who finds a wife. Notice that that is an unambiguous assignment as to the one who does the finding. (laughs) I know we live in a day and an age and a culture that is saying everything contrary to what the word of God says. But the Bible is explicit in indicating that it is the would-be husband's role. Let me go back a little bit. A lot of the things we're going to say today are really going to be most impactful, I would think, uh, for young people, young adults who who are praying about and deliberating and considering marriage, as well as those of us who are training and discipling young people into how to to aid them in knowing what it is they should affirmatively pursue. If you're like me, you know, I grew up, if you know, if you're familiar with my testimony, I grew up as a church boy, you know, my parents, by God's grace, and I'm so grateful for this, uh, were were Christians when I was born. So I was raised in an environment where my my parents, although they didn't uh, evangelize me and my siblings with the gospel, they put us consistently in an environment where we can hear the gospel. And so I'm grateful to God for that. But growing up in my experience, we were taught what to avoid, but we never had any affirmative instruction as to what we should seek to pursue. What affirmatively should we pursue? All right, I get it. Don't touch the stove. It's hot. Get that. Right. Okay, now what should we do? We never got much of that. So hopefully we'll we'll provide a little bit of that, and in, in the future future episodes we'll do more. But the Scripture says explicitly, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So there's several things that are, that are, that are implications from that. One, it's clear that it's the husband's, the would-be husband's responsibility to find his wife. But there's an intrinsic implication there that presumes that the he knows what he's looking for. Yeah. There's no way you can find a wife if you have no idea what you're looking for. The next observation I want to make, because I'm not going to exposit the whole text, because I could spend t- two hours on this scripture, for sure, this one verse. Um, the next thing I want to, to present for your consideration is that the Word of God said, he who finds a wife. Notice it doesn't say he who finds a fine young thing. <laughs> he who finds a hot mama. <laughs> he who finds a girl or an attractive female or a woman you might like. No, it says he who finds a wife. Why does the scripture scripture say that? Because it's indicating to us that the husband who's given the responsibility, the would-be husband who has the duty from God to find a wife, which means he should know what he's looking for, that there's a quality of of wifeliness that is present before the husband ever finds her. That there is 
a, a, a godly quality that beckons the man to recognize, ooh, that's one I want to dedicate my life to. And understanding the responsibility, as the Apostle Paul articulates in the New Testament, that we ought to love our wives and as Christ loves the church and give ourselves for her, that that is the type of quality that the would-be husband has to look for, that this is the, the, the wife who I will give my life for. That there's a quality of wifeliness that is there before he ever discovers her. And then the last thing I'll say, there's so much more that could be said, but the last thing I'll say is that the Bible says, and he obtains favor from the Lord. This is a hearkening back to the thing that God said about the suitable helper in the book of Genesis. The Hebrew word ezer. Ezer literally means that the wife builds in that which is lacking. You know, oftentimes when in our second wave feminist culture when wives are described as the helper the culture goes oh what do you mean we're just as valuable that's biblical ignorance on fleek right biblical ignorance on fleek when the bible describes wives as helpers do you realize that god is describing wives with the same description that the holy spirit is given <laughs> the helper it's not a downgrade or diminishment at all it's actually an opportunity to be joined in accomplishing the eternal purposes of God. Yeah, that's huge. And that is what should be pursued when the idea of pursuing a potential wife is presented. Now, I know I said a lot. I want to get my wife in here. But want to share a little bit about our story. So some of you may know, some of you may not know that my wife and I met. We met when I was 26 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was practicing law. In Houston, Texas, I was in the Harris County District Attorney's Office. And my wife and I met on the first day that she joined the Harris County District Attorney's Office. Uh, I'll say this part, then I'll, I'll, I'll kick it to you, you babe. I was working on a case. At this time, I worked in the Family Criminal Law Division of the Harris County District Attorney's Office. I was prosecuting uh, domestic violence cases at that time, specifically in the context where victims recanted their earlier testimony uh, concerning abuse. And I had a particular case where the victim in the case was a Spanish speaker, which is very common if you practice law in the Houston area. Uh, there was a, 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 a young lady who worked in the office who I usually went to for translation help because I am not a native Spanish speaker or a secondary Spanish speaker. I'm, I'm still learning. I'm learning now since the Lord brought my wife to me. But before then, I wasn't even trying to learn. And so I had a normal person I would go to to ask for help. When I needed translation help with with cases this particular day, I'll never forget it. When I went to the division, it was a victim's assistance division. And the secretary of the division said, oh, Abe, uh, so and so who's normally here to help you. She's not here today, but we have a new girl who started today. She's right now in HR getting her credentials and documents and all those things in order. And when she gets done there, I'll bring her to your office. And I was like, cool, I'll meet her then. You want to pick it up from there? Yeah. So then I remember my secretary called me and said, hey, I need you to meet a prosecutor. He needs help with a, a Spanish call. And I thought, oh, God, I'm already, you know, it's my first day of work. First and day. I, can I even do what he's asking me to do? Anyway, so he brought me, she uh, brought me to your office. And I remember your door was open and you were standing up um, in, around your desk, like in front of the computer. But you were facing away from the, from the door, you know. And so she knocked on the door. And I just saw you, and I was like, oh, my. But I, the first wait, wait, thing wait, wait, I did. Wait, 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 wait. You went to that list too quickly. Slow down, slow down. What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? I said, oh, my. But what I did do, which is, like, kind of embarrassing now, is um, I looked down at his ring finger, 
<laughs> I just wanted to make sure, like, my mind just went, like, you know, 20 years later. It's crazy. And I just looked down at his ring, and I was like, ooh, no ring. All right. Then I just tucked that away, and I, just, I helped you. You know, you, uh, you gave me the information and uh, yeah. went back to my office. And I remember, I remember sitting down and thinking, Lord, this is such a distraction. Like, I'm coming here to work. And I was, you know, I had been saved that, that time, um, a couple of years. But I was at the beginning of, like, truly hungering after the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I went through a stage of, like, you know, yeah, I'm a Christian, but, you know, my life looks just like the world. And, and then I, the Lord transitioned me into a, a, the place where I was wanting more. You know, there was more that I was like that I didn't have in my life as far as my relationship with the Lord. And so I was at that at that time in that middle of that, really, just um, wanting to know more about the Lord and wanting to really be serious about my relationship with God. And so here you come, and I'm like, distraction, you know. There's no way that, that you know, it was going to be anything. Um, but so I remember sitting at my desk, and I remember saying, Lord, if this is a distraction, please remove it. Like, why am I even thinking this? It's so embarrassing. I'm even thinking this about this man. I don't even know him, you know. And I didn't know if you were a Christian or not, but I was just like, I'm not about to waste my time with somebody that is not a Christian um, because I was trying to pursue God seriously, you know. Um, and so then we, uh, I did made the phone call, and then you came to my office all in my business. You can tell that part if you want. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell that. You want me to start now? Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell that part. So, so this is what. So what happened? And I guess I didn't say I was a prosecutor, but I was a. Pro- I said I, we were at the Harris County District Attorney's Office. I was a prosecuting trial attorney yeah. at, at that time and work preparing this case for trial. I'm, I'm preparing to go to trial on this particular case, but I needed to have a contact with the the, the victim in the case mm-hmm. so I can prepare and the victim's family mm-hmm. to prepare for the trial. And so uh, I remember after. Um, you came to my door, you was with your, your secretary, and uh, like you said, my door was open. Y'all knocked, but the door was open just to get my attention because I, I was working on my computer. And I turned around, I say, hmm. Uh, and I, I didn't immediately think about anything uh, about you and I, but like I me. I remember, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I just tell the truth. But I did. I said, man, this, boy, she is beautiful. Um, and then I just kept on working and then I was at the middle of working on, I was drafting motions for that particular trial. Uh, and I stopped typing and I said out loud, Lord, did you send this woman to my office or did she just come? And I felt impressed by God to go and see. So I literally at this time, and and to give you guys a, a little bit more context, the Harris County district attorney's office is huge. So you have several hundred attorneys, not to mention support staff and others. So, right. you know, you have about four or five hundred people who all work in this 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 uh, downtown Houston uh, high, high rise building yeah. is what, where we work and where we worked at the time. And so I remember I got up from my desk because at this time your office was around the corner from mine on the same floor in the 1201. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I went to your office and you were on the phone. Mm-hmm. I assumed that you were doing what I'd asked you to do. Yeah. Um, and I walked all behind your desk. <laughs> so I had a U-shaped desk, right? Yes. So you have to like come around into my space, you know? Yeah. And I just met him. I didn't know him. He's looking at all my pictures and going through my decorations. And I'm like on the phone, like, what is this man doing behind me? You know, it was funny. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, man, it was, it was no smoothness, no game, <laughs> no nothing. I just felt the Lord impressing on me to go and see. So I don't even know what I'm looking for. So I'm in her office. She's on the phone. This is so not appropriate, guys. I'm not telling anybody to do this, but I'm looking all behind the desk because the truth is I didn't expect Maria to be attracted to me. I didn't expect that. I was surprised to learn that she was later on, but so I'm just looking around, 
And I don't see anything, nothing, the skies don't part, anything like that. And I remember casually just saying, we should go to lunch sometime. Which threw her off because she thought I was making a move on her. And you can tell that part of the story. Yeah, but so you said that. And ahead. I was like, man, I don't know you. This is all the first so day now. I'm in downtown Houston away from, I lived about an hour away in a suburb of Houston. I'm driving into this unknown territory, I felt like. <laughs> brand new, 22 years old. Just now getting into, like, quote-unquote adulting world. You were about to turn 23. I was about to, yeah, and you were about to turn 27, right. Yeah. And so I um, was like, I'm not going anywhere with you. I don't know you. And especially eating in downtown Houston, I was not familiar. Anyway, so it kind of caught me off guard, like, I don't know you like that. So I kind of ignored it, like, no, I'm not, you know, whatever. In my mind, I just, like, "Mm -mm, not happening. Um, She thought I was shooting my shot, but I wasn't yet. And I didn't know you were a Christian yet either. Like, it was like the beginning of, like, the, "Mm, I don't know you. Like, you know, and are you a distraction type of thing? Anyway, yeah. so, yeah, I, I just didn't, I ignored you. Now, so everybody, <laughs> so you can know, the culture in our office at the time is that everybody went yes, to lunch together. I didn't know that yet. During the day. <laughs> I mean, it's her first day, so she didn't know. But I didn't know she didn't know because being in the corporate world, that's kind of a, a thing that's kind of normal. Right. So I wasn't doing that. But I will say, and she, she rejected me the first several times to go to lunch, um, but our interactions— began the first question she ever asked me, and you can go into more detail however you want to take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she asked me, what did I think about fasting? That's the first question that she ever asked asked me. So th- let me say this, though. So, you know, lo- a lot of things happened, but for the sake of time, I ended up going to your office to ask you, after I gave you the information about the victim, Yeah, after, to you, ask after you, you did the phone call I needed for my case, then you— Right. I yeah. just was curious about what you did in the office because mm-hmm. I'm getting familiar with all the attorneys and how it worked, and I, I was a victim witness coordinator, so I was working with the victims, but I didn't know how to—what my relationship was with the prosecutors and, and all that. So I was learning the ropes, you know, trying to figure it out. And I asked you what you did, and so you explained to me the cases that you handled, and I was very grateful for that because I had been working in domestic violence before. Anyways, within that conversation— it came out that you were clearly a believer because if y'all know Abe, it's going to ooze out of him. Like it's just going to, it's, it's, it's in him. So you were very clear about your relationship with the Lord. And it spoke to me deeply because it wasn't like, oh, I'd, I'd go to church on Sunday or I'm a Christian. But it was, you said my faith is very important to me. And when you said that, it, w- it was clear to me that you were serious about the things of God, which is where I was trying to get, get to, right? Mm. So after that, I, e- I, was, I was working and I emailed you because I was in the middle of fasting. Which I, I didn't know. I was I, When I started working there, I was um, attempting to, to change my life. There were some things I needed to get rid of and some things I needed to change to pursue God seriously. And, but I didn't know how. I didn't know what to do and how to go about that. So I needed to seek the Lord. So I was in the middle of fasting for eight days. And, and I was um, asking you what you thought of it, of it because I knew that you had been— by the time I had talked to you for a little bit, I knew that you had been walking with the Lord for longer than I had. And so I realized that I had learned some things about the word, but I didn't know if they were true, like if they were accurate. You know, people abuse the word of God. So I was like, man, let me make sure this is right. Like what I'm doing is even right. So I was asking you about it. And I I remember emailing you. And I wish I, st- I would have saved those emails because <laughs> it was like the first conversations that uh, between us yeah. in writing, you know, that would have evidence for, if you will, yeah. that were like seriously what that our hearts were revealed. You know what I mean? And I think that's where we're going with this episode is, yeah. is really revealing our hearts. Not that we did it all right. Not that we had it all figured out. But man, the core of of 
the importance is the core of the individual, right? Yeah. And so I think I was able to see your heart in conversation and in the way you responded to my emails when I was asking you things about the word. Um, yeah. And I think you were able to see that I was like, listen, I'm serious. Like, I'm not playing anymore with my faith. Mm. I want the Lord and I want to know and there's something lacking and what is it and all that. Yeah, so to kind of fast forward a, a, a little bit, because I, I kind of jumped ahead when I mentioned the first email. There were several days between our initial meeting and then the email about fasting and where we conversed about work and several other things. Yeah. Uh, but in those conversations, you never asked me any questions. No, no, no. When you asked a question to me about fasting, that resonated with me yeah. because I was like, huh, what is it about her? About her? What is it about me that makes you think that I would be the one to ask this question to? Mm-hmm. And then secondarily, I never had anything like that happen. And so I responded to your question, I told you what I thought about it, talked about it being biblical. He gave me biblical exegesis of the whole <laughs> concept of fasting, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, I mean, I was just, from in my mind, just answering your question about fasting and, and encouraging you yeah. in that because I didn't know you were fasting at the time and just saying this is a biblical thing, it's a godly thing to do. And then from there, it led to new, all the questions, I kid you not, like the first two or three weeks, the only things we talked about was the Word of God. Yeah. That was it. Yo, I asked him, I asked him, what about dinosaurs? She did. <laughs> so I was immersed. That first week. That I was first immersed, week. immersed in secular understanding about everything. And so when I started reading the word for myself, I was like, wait, in the beginning, God and Adam and Eve and where are the dinosaurs? You know, yeah. like in my mind, I'm like prehistoric, you know, Triassic, Jurassic era. What happened? Uh-huh. How did that dinosaurs, is, is the, are the dinosaurs real or is God's word real? I don't know. And so you you told me, you were like, what you mean? What about dinosaurs? They were on the ark. And, you know, you explained it to me. And I was like, what? It was all new to me. But <laughs> yeah. I was so grateful that he didn't mock my questions. No. They were like little kid third, third grade questions, but I had them. I didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, enough yet. So anyways. Yeah. And so things progressed. And what became evident to me is like, man, this woman loves the Lord. She is honestly and intentionally and diligently seeking him. So little did you know, <laughs> I called my pastor back in New Orleans, and I told him, I said, Pastor, I think I met my wife. <laughs> That's what I told him. He said, what? I said, I think I met my wife. So I started telling him about you. And um, and in, the, in the, the process, I remember thinking, I need to make sure she understands clearly who I am. So when you <laughs> finally agreed to go, go with me to lunch, I'll never forget. I remember exactly where we were. And I said, I'm about to just lay it all on her. I'm about all, to tell her yeah, everything. All means I told, all. <laughs> I told her my story from when I got saved as a child. Yes. To saying, listen, I practice law, but if God calls me to leave the law profession, I will leave it tomorrow. Um, because what I'm de- endeavoring to do is to seek the Lord. Uh, the Lord leads me. I don't make decisions in my life without praying and consulting the Lord. Uh, my chief objective is to serve the Lord and his purposes in my life. And I, I didn't want you to have any misconceptions about who it was I was. And I remember saying that if she blinks wrong, I'll never talk to her again. Because I know the things I'm saying are weird. And we're in this corporate environment. Things can, rumors can start. She yeah. starts telling people, this dude prays about everything. He ta- he prays before he go on the trial. <laughs> he prays for his, his witnesses and the victims and the judge and what? And I just laid it all out. The whole lunch, this is the honest truth. I talked for an entire hour uninterrupted 
And Mar- I just ate. Maria I said just not ate. one word. I enjoyed word. my food, y'all. I Mar- was listening Mar- Mar- like, saying, I oh can believe my. that. Some of you listeners saying, yeah, we can believe that too. <laughs> yeah. I did, man. I, I, I look, all cards on the table, face up. This is who. So if you want to, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Yeah. If you want to pass go, know what you are getting into. Y'all, it was amazing. I kid you not. It was the best conversation I'd ever had with the, another believer. It was the raw, real um faithful like commitment to following God and I kid you not like it was a God moment because I was seeking for something that was missing in my walk with the Lord and it was full surrender I didn't understand it was foreign to me and I had been in church since 16 years old all the way to 22 at that point I didn't realize that there was such a thing of fully surrendering to the will of God now that's really sad for me to say now. Like I'm like, oh God, how do you go for six years, five years, whatever, without understanding that there is a, the reality of fully surrendering to the the lordship of Jesus Christ? And when you just told me from eight years old all the way out through college, law school, all that, all your whole story, I was like, that is it. That is what I've been fasting for. Literally, I was fasting because I needed to get rid of some things, but I also needed to understand what to pursue. Like we're talking about, mm-hmm. what is it that my life should be like as a fellow, as a believer? Man, and when you said that, I was like, yes, Lord, I surrender. I give it all to you, Lord. Mm. It makes me want to cry because I'm like, I told you, I said, I feel you. Like, if if the Lord calls you to leave this law profession right now with all his security and, and, and accolades of men and all these things, the best place to be is in the middle of God's will. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Like, let's mm-hmm. do this, you know? And I, I just knew that that's what I was lacking and that's what I was missing. And the God literally brought us together, even if at that point was just for friendship. At that moment, we didn't know for sure if it was going to go any further. I needed that for mm-hmm. my walk with the Lord. And then, of course, the rest is history. Like, you know, yeah. we've been living it out. So I, I began conferring with my pastor in New Orleans the whole time. I, yeah. I would tell him about you, tell him when we, you know, when we spend time together. And then he he said, Abe, hey, spend some time praying and that's God to reveal her heart to you. And write down what the Lord shows you, mm-hmm. and which is what I did. And um, when I ultimately proposed to you, I read to you yeah. from from that in writing it down. And so I proposed to you what, several months after we met. Yeah. And then we're we were married. Thereafter. Yeah. 13 I, months after knew. the day we met. <laughs> yes, it was awesome. We and knew. The, we, we, I, we knew. I was, I was sure that I went through some of the rest of my life with you, and I, you were too. And so, mm-hmm. But it, it was all God. It was really God because the, what God revealed to you, and this is something that solidified us in our foundation, I think is important for us to share, yeah. in our marriage, because when you did that, you followed the instruction of your pastor and um, our pastor. I love him dearly. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, when you followed his instruction and God revealed to you who I was, it was it was God showed you things that you couldn't have known at that moment in our mm-hmm. short time meeting each other yeah. and even things like God showed you things about me that I didn't never thought of about myself but I knew they were real ones I heard them I was mm-hmm. like oh my god that is so me you know and so I was so grateful because it showed me that that you hear from God and I know that sounds kind of crazy, but it's true. Like, you know when the when the Lord is speaking, you know when he's guiding, you know when he's revealing something, you are sure you have that deep knowing. And I have grown to understand what that means. Um, but at that moment, I knew that you heard from God. And I was at that moment convinced that the only place to live is in the middle of God's will. Like, I knew that I wanted to to surrender my life to the, will, to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And you you knew that. You had already lived that. And you you heard, heard the voice of God. And I just, I'm so grateful for that. And I, I think that was um, a part of the foundation that God would have us to build, praise God, um, for our marriage, you know, mm-hmm. going forward. 
And so the thing for me after conferred with my pastor and what you when what the Lord showed me, I wrote it down and I read it to him first. Yeah. I read it to him first, and he said, Lil Abe, because I said, they'll call me, and I'm the third. He said, Lil Abe, I think you found your wife, man. I think you found your wife. And so after that is when I proposed to you reading that to you. But the thing is, the thing that solidified the reality that you were my wife was your heart for God. When the scripture says, he that finds a wife, the truth is, and I don't mean this, well, the, the truth is I had never met a woman in my life who hungered and thirsted for the Lord the way that you did. And that attracted me to you more than anything. And the and the, the reality is that that has only, only grown even more so since we've gotten married. Because the truth is, is the Bible says beauty is fleeting. You know, now, if you ever met my wife, I'm just going to tell you, my wife is drop dead gorgeous. She is. You are. It, it, it is. But the reality is that beauty is fleeting. My heart's cry was, Lord, I, I desire a wife who is willing to run with me. Run hard with me to serve your purposes in our time. I don't want to have to have somebody I have to drag along. I want somebody who's going to run with me. And when the Lord revealed your heart to me through that time of prayer, but also through our interaction, the questions you would ask, the, the, the way that you responded to the biblical instruction, it was just, it was overwhelmingly attractive. And it anchored me in knowing that you found you found your good thing. You found your good thing. And so I was committed to um, pursuing you as my wife. And so, and I, and I said this, and I'll sit now, wrap, I'll shut up so you can talk. Um, <laughs> I told you, I said, man, it don't take a whole day to recognize sunshine. It doesn't take a whole day to recognize sunshine, especially when you've been groping in the dark, which is why I didn't want to waste any time. I was like, I want to marry you. And I remember I told you early on, I said, the reason why I'm spending this time with you is because I believe you are my wife. I don't want a girlfriend. I ain't trying to go on no dates. I want a wife. And I believe that you are the one that God has ordained for me. Yeah, I know he don't play no games. So that's real. That was real. He was really direct and straight up with me. Um, I think one thing that is very, very important that we um, emphasize is is the heart condition, right? Because the... I couldn't quote a scripture to save my life. Like I could not. And and I That's was good. very I couldn't I didn't pray out loud when I met you. That's true. I was so intimidated by Abraham Hamilton the 3rd y'all <laughs> because the man prays and the man can quote scripture could go scripture and everything and he just he lays it all out and he is serious about the 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 his love for the Lord. Yes, but he has a lot of biblical knowledge and I was so intimidated. But I tell you, it was it was the second greatest thing that has ever happened to me. It, salvation one and second is marrying Eve. But the the core, I think, that we are wanting to make a point here is that you don't you don't men should not just be looking for a good girl from a good family. Mm. And even in our environment, a good Christian girl from a good Christian family. Yes. Um but it's the heart, right? Yes. And I'm not, I was not perfect, y'all, but I was seriously falling in love with Jesus Christ daily. And I wanted to I wanted to grow. I wanted to love God and I wanted to understand what it looked like to live for him fully. And and it was a hunger that was initiated by God. It was it was a hunger that has been sustained by God. It is a passion that has grown um, by the grace of God. And so that's the core of what we want, you know, in, in a spouse. That that is the core. And what you all just heard is just as palpable right now as it was when I first met 
you from when I first met Maria. And that was a thing that I'd never seen before in any other woman. And that was a thing that that I knew I wanted and that I needed. God had already revealed to me that for what he was calling me to do, that I would need a wife of godly character. And the Lord revealed you to me as that wife. And so that scripture, he that finds a wife, finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord is absolutely true. What you should affirmatively seek to pursue is that hungering and thirsting for righteousness that is genuine, that is passionate, that is evident, and God will fill in the gaps. Amen. This is by design. Where it's one man, one woman for life.